I am so excited today because a very special guest is with us, none other than my father, the doctor, the professor, uh, Mr. Larry Fox. So I get to introduce him now. Come on up, Dad. Welcome. Awesome. Well, Dad's a professional, so I'm going to give it over to him and just let him run with it. Oh, yeah. Just turn that thing on. Ooh, I, see, I see a green light. Okay. <laughs> wow. Well, I always taught in small classrooms without um, audio enhancement. So if I boom to the back doors, you'll understand why. Uh, let's see. Do, could we have the first slide, please? I, I want to en embarrass Justin a little bit. Uh, yeah, that, that is your pastor. On, on my back. Uh, the year is early 70s. Um, I did have hair, yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, uh, thank you, dads. It looks good in the picture, but after about 45 minutes, the kid on the back starts to hurt pretty bad. <laughs> and if you're hiking Fern Canyon, you kind of want the backpack off your shoulders. But you're the dad, right? So you, you go ahead with it. So um, that, was, that was early fathering for me. And uh, the next slide, time has gone on. Uh, now, in, in this talk, I, I think I will not identify the sons. Uh, I, names are withheld to protect the guilty. Um, but we, we had uh, five sons, and people asked Brooke, how did you survive? Brooke is my wife. And uh, she said, uh, oh, boys are easy. Uh, and sure glad I didn't have girls. But to you fathers of girls, a special thank you <laughs> for um, fathering them in, uh, in a little different way. For me, as the father of boys, you kind of bandage the one that's bleeding the most. And uh, you, kind of, you kind of triage it as best you can. And so, really appreciated the old songs this morning. Uh, thank you, Justin. Um, uh, just a little nostalgia of loving the Lord in the uh, late 60s, early 70s. So, you know, think, things changed a little bit. We get into the 80s. Uh, we're not happy with snapshots. We do stage shots, right? But um, yeah, after the, after the stage is over, uh, you still got to be dad, right? So that little kid there wakes up, and then uh, life gets a little harder. Um, okay, well, usually on Father's Day, um, people will talk about good dad, bad dad, good cop, bad cop, and, and you'll hear the, you know, the the advice, more of uh, story time with the kids, less of personal hobbies. Um, but, but wait a minute. What child, certainly what boy, and probably some girls, wouldn't like a dad who attached a radial airplane engine to the back of a VW Bug and propelled it with an airplane propeller? Coolest dad on the planet. And, and so that's kind of a little preview of, of where I'm, I want to go with this talk. That, um, you know, if, if you're here, uh, you're a wonderful father. Thank you. Thank you for all you've done. 
next one. Yeah, church on Father's Day. Uh, probably about, oh, I don't know, late 80s, early 90s. I had this confession to my wife. I said, I don't want to go. <laughs> and she said, what? You don't want to go? It's Father's Day. I said, well, um, the, the preacher is going to beat up on fathers, tell us how we've missed the mark. And we get, Brookie said, oh, no. They, they, don't, they don't do that. Uh, and maybe I was just sensitive. I don't know. It's <laughs> encouraging words and also critical words of how much time you spend with your kids and so forth. And, and sure enough, uh, we went to church that day. And uh, I put them small so you don't have to <laughs> see them. I want to emphasize the positive today. <laughs> Dads, you are not <laughs> you know, spending enough time with your kids, leading them in the Lord, teach them about Jesus. Boom, 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 boom. So Brookie had to admit, well, yeah, it's kind of tough on Father's Day. <laughs> <clears throat> I, you know, I could get really whiny and say, Mother's Day isn't like that. But, hey, come on. We're men. We can take it, right? As one of my, my sons just said, I'm, I'm 40 years old. I'm a man now. I can take it. Let me have it. So I'd like, I'd like to kind of change the whole thing, change the tradition. And uh, the next one, please. Yeah, dads, thank you. Uh, Thank you for spending time with your children. You know, I thought of, <clears throat> I borrowed this uh, image from the Facebook page of a certain member of Branches. <laughs> I figured it was fair game. It was on Facebook. Right? <laughs> so, uh, <clears throat> you know, it's, I imagine, oh, please go back. I, I imagined uh, <clears throat> Tristan saying, hey, babe, I'm going down to the beach with the guys. What do you think? Well, it's not what it used to be when you were 18 or 19 or 21. The guys are now five, right? <laughs> so when, when fathers say we're going to the beach with the guys, they mean two little boys. And it's not quite the same as when you're hanging out with your friends in your early 20s. So, you know, I used to say, uh, people always say that kids have a very short attention span. Uh, and I used to believe that until I had kids. Then you start playing a silly little game with your five-year-old, and he wants to do it again, and again, and again. And I started doing scientific experiments. I wonder how many times and how many minutes, I mean 20 minutes, they have a long attention span if they're doing something they want to do. And so, you know, it's not so much the, um, <clears throat> what, the terror of battle, it's the sheer boredom. <laughs> so, kids really appreciate this, and thank you for doing it. Okay, next one. Uh, and here's the part we all love, right? <laughs> we don't. Disciplining with love and uh, positive input. That's what the psychologists tell us. Uh, sometimes we lose it, but, you know, the, the kids kind of know. And uh, I, I think it's okay. Um, one of the things that often happens you hear, although I don't think Brookie did this very much in our child-rearing days, but um, it's like that little sweetheart is the wife's until she's in full rebellion mode. Then she's the dad's. <laughs> so, honey, do something about this child. Well, <clears throat> that, oh, go back, please. That, that, 
that child is us, right? In rebellion against God, in rebellion against his ways. And um, what used to be called the curse in the old days gets passed on. And we see it in our kids. And uh, um, I'm going to get into a little more of trying to deal with that. I mean, we were like just overwhelmed with our first child. Not that Cheston was especially difficult. (laughs) But uh, as all all you dads know, the kids bring the war. You didn't bring the war. They, they could just agree with you and do what you wanted, and it wouldn't cost them very much, and skip the cookie, it'd be fine. We could go on with our happy life. But they, they bring the conflict. So we, we need to figure out, you know, how to do that. Okay, so thank you, dads. Thank you for disciplining. And, and thank you, dads, for the next one, for putting on the tire chains. Uh, forgot your mittens again, huh? Yeah, yeah, I've been there. So, you know, the kids are in the car, are warm. The car's been sliding around on the road a little bit because you probably didn't put them on as soon as you should have. So they're terrified. So <laughs> who's, who's going to go out there and put on the tire chains? It's not mom. Right? <laughs> well, it might be. I don't know. <laughs> Just generally. Generally. So, you know, that's, that's the role model that they notice, that things get tough. And thank you, dads, for rising to that challenge and uh, putting on those chains or whatever it is that uh, makes it tough at that moment. Okay, next one. And, and thank you, dads, about teaching your life, your child about life, and especially life. We Christians have an extra burden teaching children about life following Jesus. And how, what does that mean and how does that work? And uh, on, the, on the extreme left uh, is one of my sons, going on a mission trip to Mexico with a bunch of young people. How cool. Sure, you know, it's a little rough sleeping on the floor of a church on the way down or whatever it is, but you're with a great group, you're loving the Lord, you're helping people out, everything's cool. But look who he brought, lower right-hand corner, that's his 13-year-old son. And so that's, you know, that's harder. Uh, It's not horrible, but, you know, probably a little easier not uh, when everyone else is 18, 20, whatever. So that's the kind of dedication you dads do. You include your son uh, in your adventures, and it makes a big difference. Um, sometimes mom is very helpful, and that's certainly been the case with me. Uh, we were um, living in Thailand for two years in the early 80s, and uh, I was teaching over there, came home one day, and Brooke said, uh, Larry, you ever thought of scuba diving at all? Uh, no. Uh, but I wouldn't be opposed to it. Well, good, because I signed you and Justin up for classes. <laughs> the, the first one's tonight. <laughs> and, and, and of course, you know, it's, it's different in the tropics. You don't have to wear wetsuits, and there's plenty of rental gear. It's, it's not the huge commitment it is in the United States. But, it, you know, it's still a commitment. So it turned out to be a great bonding experience between me and my son. And uh, thanks, Brookie. Okay, next one. Uh, so where did, oh, boy, that is small type. Okay, I'll have to get right up to the screen. Where did I get this idea about complimenting fathers for being the good fathers they are? And by the way, if you're here, if you're here with your family, um, you are uh, 
only three out of four, a quarter of the children in this country today grow up without a father. So you're doing good just to be there. Now, I got this idea from Jesus of Nazareth in the Gospel of Luke. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, he's talking to a bunch of people, any father among you, not just the good dads, uh, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, okay, yeah, yeah, we are evil, we know. Uh, we're not, we, we know Jesus, we're not going to make it on our own, that's why you're here, it's okay. Um, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those that ask him? So... Jesus is recognizing that even flawed people that have sin in their lives, especially fathers, know how to give good gifts to their children. And that's what I've seen in my life, that fathers tend to give good gifts to their children. And there's an extra key, uh, key here is that how do we do that? How do we live up to the challenge of fatherhood following Jesus? It's all about the Holy Spirit. So... That's, that's another sermon, so don't panic. <laughs> I'm not going there for a half an hour, but <laughs> I'm sure you will get there <laughs> if you haven't been there already. <clears throat> um, that's how we operate today. That's, that's, that's how you get through this Christian life. And uh, our Heavenly Father wants to give us that gift, that, that reminder, that, that still small voice uh, that, that helps us do this fatherhood thing. Okay, next one, please. So, to kind of wrap up the, you're doing a good job, dads. I couldn't think of a better photo than this one. Stole it off the internet. Um, dads today, you are doing well. And after the photos, the Photoshop photos, here's reality. So, <clears throat> it's challenging to be a dad. And thank you for, um, for fighting the battle in a, in a loving way. Uh, it's, it's tough especially when they're in total meltdown, <laughs> in a public place. <laughs> okay, uh, next one. So, um, it's actually 31. But thir 31 years of parenting. Uh, am I going to have any advice for the fathers here? I'm kind of retired dad now, so uh, kids are grown, they're off doing their thing, and I'm very thankful. Um, but do I have any advice for dads that are, that are in the thick of it? That this is, you know, this is, this is hard. Uh, and, and Justin said, Dad, you know I'm 50 plus some number of years old now. And, and I said, well, I stopped fathering you a long time ago. <laughs> so, I mean, that, that kind of goes in with my, my thoughts about children versus adults. And... Um, we, we really, we can't be responsible for the choices our adult children make. And I, I want to emphasize that more too later. But it's something that I think is pretty important uh, to remember that, that fathering and mothering are very effective when they're five, six, and seven. When they're uh, 15, 16, 17, 18, they're a little less effective. When they're 19 and 20, you might as well just back off. It's... it's they're, they're adults. Um, uh, uh, so am I going to give you any advice? Hmm. 
That reminds me of a story. This, this, this is the cover of an actual Father's Day card that a son of mine sent to me on Father's Day. Uh, it's Homer, of course. And probably because, I hate to admit it in church, but I used to watch The Simpsons. <laughs> Some people d- didn't like The Simpsons because they didn't like laughing at Homer. How could anybody be that stupid? Um, um, but I, I don't know, I guess I'm into negative humor, which God's helping me with. <laughs> I need to do less of that. But um, yeah, so this is the cover. This being a father is serious business. Our kids' lives are at stake, and then you open the card and stay. <laughs> so I said, is this really what my sons think of me? <laughs> And I, I took it in a positive spirit, like, uh, okay, Dad, uh, you know, we have children now. We know it's serious business, but we appreciated the way you tend to lighten it up a little bit. That's, that's what I thought they were saying anyway. <laughs> okay, next one. So um, this is where I told Justin, no, you don't want me to speak on Father's Day. Uh, might be time to write my new book, Dare to Slack. So, <laughs> Uh, and and uh, that Brooke, Brooke goes, you're, you're going to temper that with a little uh, something, uh, you know, about responsibility, aren't you? <laughs> I said, uh, yeah. In fact, I'm not writing a book called Dare to Slack. Uh, but we really appreciated a book called Dare to Discipline, which might be the exact opposite. So many years ago, James Dobson wrote this book called Dare to Discipline. And we were in the thick of the war with the kids that we didn't bring on. And I was like, you know, they bring the war. I was like, okay, dare to discipline. And we're getting them now. We're going to get control of this family. Right? Right? So I read the book, and James Dobson says, no matter what the situation is or what the request is from your child, try to say yes. Hmm? <laughs> Ask yourself, is it a danger? Is it, are they going to get hurt by doing this? Uh, is it an extreme danger? might be a little danger. That might be okay. Is it an extreme danger? Is it an inconvenience to you what they're asking to do? Oftentimes for me, that really cut to the heart. Like, ooh, ouch, yeah, I want to say no because I don't want to do that. <laughs> but this son wants to do that. It's not a danger to him. It's a slight inconvenience to me. Say yes. From the kid's point of view, a parent that says yes, oh, what a wonderful thing. And so I was, I was kind of shocked. I was ready for this, you know, let's get hard rule with an iron fist kind of thing. And Dobson's talking about a velvet glove. And it was just like, whoa, okay. Try to say, avoid conflict. Don't say no. Oh, that's easy. Well, of course, you can't say that all the time, right? So there has to be... There has to be some balance. Um, but try to give them lots of rope. Um, they, they, might, they might skin their knee or something. That's okay. Um, try to give them lots of rope. So that, that actually reminded me of two stories. Um, <clears throat> the first one was um, when our kids got a little older, um, they developed friends in the church. 
and um, they wanted to have a sleepover. So one of our, our kids' buddies he came over for the evening, and uh, we had a fun time. They stayed up late, did all that you do. You know, you don't sleep much at a sleepover. But anyway, so then I hear back from the parents of this kid that uh, when, when our little boy came home, he confronted us and said, Mom and Dad, I just want you to know that all Christian homes are not like ours. <laughs> and they were like, what? <laughs> so we kind of got the, the, uh, the idea that, that our Christian home was not as Christian, <laughs> or, or at least a little more laissez-faire, a little more hands-off. So family, family Bible studies probably didn't happen formally in our home. Uh, they happened on the, on the spur of the moment as, as subjects came up. Uh, we didn't, so, someone asked us, I think it was the third boy, does he ever have a bedtime? <laughs> well, yeah, yes, on a school night, you know. Um, but um, uh, one of my favorite stories is noise in the living room at about 2 a.m. It's on a Friday night, so there isn't a hard and fast bedtime. Brooke hears this. She gets out of bed. I'm awake. She, she goes into the living room. Something happens. I don't know. Not a lot of yelling or anything. And uh, one of our sons was playing with an activity book, Richard Scarry's best uh, activity book ever, whatever it was, where you cut out stuff and paste it together. And so she just picked up the book, all the parts, and the boy took them into his bed, put it all in his bed. <laughs> He's got to stop. We're, we're stopping now. <laughs> and uh, went to sleep. So, uh, yeah, there are, there are limits. Okay. Um, and then, and everyone's my favorite story, but you knew you were going to get a lot of stories from a retired dad. Um, so kids, you know, life goes on. Kids are getting older. They're driving cars. Um, and uh, we get a call one day. We have some of our boys living away from home at this time. Uh, had, some of them were living in a, in a house in uh, Santa Cruz, a uh, rental house with a bunch of other guys. And... Um, uh, we get a call. Uh, hey, mom, um, do you know where uh, son son number three is? Uh, oh, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he had sports after school or something. I'm not sure where he is. Uh, well, he's actually here in Santa Cruz. <laughs> so he he wanted to hang out with his bros. Well, he had talked to his teachers, got his homework assignments, um, borrowed the family car. Uh, <laughs> With, without permission, and, and driven to, to Santa Cruz. And so um, people said, wow, what are you gonna, he's going to be grounded for a month, right? And Brooke said, grounded for a month? I'm giving him a medal. <laughs> so so uh, the fact that he can make it to Santa Cruz. Uh, okay, next one. <laughs> So how, uh, I started to wonder, how does our Heavenly Father parent? You notice parent is now a verb. I did want to comment on that today at some point. Um, parent is a noun. You are a parent when you have a child. But our culture is so performance-oriented, we've turned parent into a verb. And so now we, can, we cannot parent adequately. Oh. So 
I, I'd just like to encourage everyone to enjoy your status, especially fathers. You are a father. It doesn't depend on how good you father. Father's not a verb. Okay, um, and how does God do it? Well, if you notice, there's lots of respect. There's no laughing at you when you mess up. There's lots of rope. There's lots of go ahead and mess it up. Uh, you, I'll, I'll be there when you want to talk to me. But um, uh, there's, 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 a, there's, a little, there's a lot to give. And uh, I was watching a, a Christian TV station, and some gals were talking about their lives and how they came to, to know Jesus. One gal had an especially dramatic testimony where she was literally at the end of her rope, she thought. Uh, she had gone away from God. She had developed a, an addiction to alcohol. And she's in her bathroom. She had just thrown up in the toilet. She's lying on the floor. And uh, she says, Jesus, where are you? I, where are you, Jesus? And he said, lower. And she went on to explain that uh, she still, she felt like she still had a little bit in herself that said, oh, I can do that. I'll get it together. This is not a problem. I can, uh, yeah, I messed up this time, but you know, I'm not, I'm not, I, don't, I don't have a weakness in Sarah. It's all right. And, uh, and Jesus is saying, yeah, when you get to the end, you might, maybe a little lower, and there I'll be. When you're ready to give me everything, when you're ready to totally give up, that's, that's where I'll be there for you. And so she was just gloriously sharing this testimony that I thought was so amazing and shocking. It's like, Jesus, where are you? I'm lower. Whoa, what does that mean? Well, Jesus is lowly of heart. And uh, he wants to go there with us and he wants to be there for us when we finally give up and we finally decide to let him uh, have his way with us. Okay, next one. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, that uh, it's off the screen, but I can tell the story. So um, all you fathers out here know that you can't do it yourselves. Mom is kind of important. And so uh, in, raising, in raising kids, uh, a mom that's there for them, willing to do whatever it takes, willing to move heaven and earth if necessary to give them opportunities to know and love Jesus, that's pretty important. And so um, that's my wife, Brooke on a, uh, a Young Life trip. Young Life is high school ministry, so we're talking 16, 17, 15-year-olds in vans and buses, sleeping on the floor somewhere. This is on the beach in Santa Cruz. Uh, was that a fun trip for her? Mm, probably not. <laughs> uh, but there she was, and she looked happy in the photo, right? <laughs> so, it, uh, yeah, if you had... If, a wife sold out to Jesus and uh, willing to get in there, that's, that's what you always need. Uh, I, I could tell another great story about Brooke, and I think I will. Uh, <laughs> um, we, we got word that there was a party going on, and that uh, it was at a house where mom and dad weren't there. It's kind of a red flag right away. And so Brooke has ways to find out stuff. I'm usually like clueless. What? A party? What, what are you talking about? So Brooke decides to masquerade as a teenage girl. <laughs> she calls the house where the party's going on. Hi, this is Trixie. <laughs> Heard there was like a rad party. 
And our son says, oh, yeah. <laughs> Somebody can pick you up. Where are you? <laughs> this is your mother. <laughs> so, every dad needs, needs that. <laughs> okay, uh, next one. Uh, thank you. Oh. That's it. <laughs> mm, there, there was going to be quite a few more. Oh, well. Oh. Oh, okay. One more slide. Oh, wait, wait. Well, I can... I can um, oh. oh, that's the song. Okay. There, there were a lot more slides, but I'll, I'll fake it. Uh, which is, you know, how I got through my teaching career. So... <laughs> It'll work. So um, there was there was another another great story I wanted to tell uh, on Brooke. The kids were much younger, so I'm kind of going jumping around years. Kids are much younger, riding banana seat bikes and uh, uh, having fun in the neighborhood. And one morning, uh, the, one of the bikes is stolen, and so much tears and crying and so forth. And uh, it's like I was thinking, well, you know, it happens. And uh, we called the police and. The sheriff's deputy was not the usual, oh, yeah, we'll write a report, but, you know, you'll never find it, blah, blah, blah. It's not much we can do. And, you feeling okay? And Need a psychiatrist? And, uh, no, we're feeling fine. We just want the bike back. So this was a very different sheriff's deputy, and uh, I, I'll always be thankful for his attitude. He said, you know, we might have an opportunity here to correct some bad behavior before it gets really ingrained. And uh, he said, I, you know, I, I can't do it, but if, if you could kind of keep your eyes open in this neighborhood and, and sort of see what's going on, um, we could bust these kids and it would be awesome. So um, Brooke, you know, Brooke, private investigator, uh, starts, you know, just casually cruising the neighborhood she notices a little activity at a certain garage door about 10 or 15 blocks away. A lot of kids coming in and out, interesting. A couple of bikes, maybe three or four bikes. Four bikes? Mm, that's a little. Uh, so she calls him up. She said, yeah, I, you know, I don't think I have probable cause, but I've got suspicions at a certain address. So he stakes it out, and uh, sure enough, that's um, a bike-stealing ring. <laughs> they, it's a chop shop. They're, they're taking the bikes apart. They're painting the parts. They're reassembling them in different configurations. And so once they have enough evidence, oh, man, total red lights, completely busted. And uh, thank you, Lord, for that policeman, and thank you, Brookie, for... Uh, Maybe a child's life was changed on that day, so that was nice. Um, and then, um, let's see, I'm trying to remember some other slides. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, I guess maybe the, and, and I'm almost out of time. I've been out of time for quite a while, so maybe, <laughs> maybe the most in, in, important thing is, um, you know, people look at our family and we have five boys following Jesus. And I just want to say that if that's not your experience, 
There's no guarantees in this Christian life. And so I'm just thankful for God for his grace in the area of parenting. Uh, I, I know I wasn't a perfect parent. In fact, I was talking to, uh, to Justin as I was preparing for this talk. I said, did I give you any advice about how to be an adult? Did I, did I help you at all? Because all I remember is that you got your driver's license. <laughs> <laughs> you, were, you were driving, the first day with your license, you were driving to a Christian meeting in Eureka, and you got pulled over for speeding. You got a speeding ticket, and, and I wasn't mad at you, and you said, Dad, you're not mad? And I said, oh, no, the state of California is taking over your disciplining from now on. <laughs> so, it's not my job. Justin reminded me that I did give him advice. I said, Justin, you need to find a way to experience speed, uh, thrills, and a little bit of danger that does not involve an automobile. <laughs> maybe it's a skateboard, maybe it's a surfboard, maybe it's a snowboard, whatever it is. But these things are really dangerous. You can kill people, you can kill yourself. Get, get your thrills another way. I know you need speed and danger. Um, I guess I knew that from my life. But anyway, uh, yeah, you, you need to uh, uh, find another outlet. And, and then my other kind of come to Jesus moment was when I realized that when son, son number two was heading to Point Loma Nazarene University, um, he loaded up the, the little Honda Civic that he had inherited from mom and dad, and uh, uh, just for a while, of course, until <laughs> the next driver came along. But anyway... He was driving from here to San Diego. Bye, have a nice life. <laughs> did, did, you ever, did, you, did you ever feel that you were kind of left? He, he said, oh, no, I, I enjoyed the freedom, you know. But in hindsight, maybe giving me a map might have been useful. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> he, somewhere south of San Francisco, he ended up on Highway 1. <laughs> And he was saying, man, this trip is taking way too long. I don't know what's going on with this. So anyway, maybe, may you, maybe you weren't on the, the laissez-faire side. Maybe you were more on the disciplinary side. But whatever side uh, you are on or were on, none of us is perfect. And we're all trying to do our best. So thank you, dads, for the work you do as fathers of your children. Yeah. <laughs>